It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. From Amari, Christian, Skyler, Caitlin, Dolade, Jordan, Antonio, Eddie, and the Tom Sumner Program. Christmas carols real He said When you were five years old Your name was Greg You left me milk and cookies And a note that said Dear Santa All I really want is a puppy I'll love him forever And I'll name him Buddy And so you did For 15 years Till Buddy passed away And you cried many tears And you lost your faith Like so many do But I got a little something To tell you that's true The love you Never really goes away And it all comes back on Christmas Day So here's a little something that I want to give to you And Santa handed him a puppy named Buddy Jr. 
had that puppy wrapped up in his sleeve and said, Good God Almighty, I believe. Bailiff, set that man free. He's got things to do. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas is sure to succeed. to all and to all a good night. Hey, good morning everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We had to make a little uh, little switch here. Program note. We were going to open up uh, this morning with uh, Nicola Smith Jackson talking about uh, kids living at home, but instead we're going to move on and uh, well, wait a minute, maybe maybe we've got her there. Stand by. Good morning, Nicola, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, I have to do something here. Whoops. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, my guest this hour is the author of more than 200 books for you. Okay, welcome to live radio, folks. Um Anyway, uh, good morning, Nicole. I was just starting to explain because uh, we were already live that uh, I had you scheduled for the uh, first hour, and I thought maybe our wires got crossed or something, so I was going to move on to a different uh, interview. But we're going to talk about uh, something that you've been talking about, which is uh, 20-somethings re- returning home to live as a, a financial illiteracy I- issue. And, and I'll point out that uh, Nicola is uh, a TV analyst and financial advisor, uh, Nicola Smith-Jackson. Um, sorry I didn't give you a proper introduction, Nicola, but I was a little rattled there trying to get the show going live and, and uh, get you uh, plugged in. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tom. Can you hear me well? I can. I can. You're coming uh, through loud and clear. Excellent. So, yeah, this is definitely a challenging time, to say the least, where the economy has um, just revealed some other challenges outside of the health crisis we're going through with COVID-19. Obviously, the economic uh, effects of it are enormous. And, you know, financial literacy is, I would say, one of the biggest culprits to why we're seeing over 52% of our millennials uh, returning home. And uh, it's something we can definitely, we got answers to it. We do have answers. Well, let me ask first, um, is this something, this is a trend that was already going on? Has it been accelerated in any way by the pandemic this year? 
Absolutely, because many of times these uh, millennials, they were either in uh, school or college or they were able to manage their life even through the gig economy where, you know, the Ubers and the Lyfts, different ways that they were able to earn money that uh, came to a halt during the social distancing and the uh, non-essential workers or, you know, the, the, the challenges that we've had. However, um, many millennials, they're going, you know, they're starting later in life um, from the statistics of starting families and maybe buying homes. So it's easy to pack up and, and go back home when things got tough. And is this, now that the economy has been challenged by this pandemic, um, what does the future look like? What's the new normal? Are we going to see multi-generational homes going forward? Are we going to see m more people uh, working remotely? Well, this is what we want to know, is that we always have choices. And what we have to do is change with the changes. The first thing we have to do is address the 67% of Americans are not financially literate. And this doesn't mean that they don't understand everything about money, but they don't understand what we need to understand about money, which is how money works, where and how to make it, no matter what the economy is, and then invest it. For the future, in these conversations, we want to start having these uh, with not only our, uh, you know, millennial generation, but we want to have them with each other because typically it's touchy, but it's something that we have to have. And what we can do is have family meetings about this and ask the millennials because they want to make, they want to be charged in charge of their life. Ask them, where do you see yourself? in the next year or two, and this will um, reveal that they realize we need to make more money, right? So what we need to do is look at multiple streams of income, and we got to create a budget around the streams that we have. How much is life really costing you? We got to start adding that up. You know, budgets are not restraining. They actually create freedom because now you can see exactly what your life costs what money you need to earn, and then now look at what are the options, and there are plenty of them. We do have industries that are not making it because things are just changing, and so money just goes where there is a need. So these skills that we probably learned in college, even from the spreadsheets to even, you know, basic websites, a lot of millennials know how to do these things, and even social media management, these are required for entrepreneurs right now who are moving into the online space. And so a lot of the millennials may even think like, oh, this is not something, this is not a big deal. I've done this for my classes, but these are big deals to people who are moving into the online business space where a lot of entrepreneurs need these. And so we don't need to keep looking for jobs where there are none. We want to create them. And so online business is where it's going to be going in a major way, and so we can transfer into that. There are also other gig economies. Funding needs to come from the government and acknowledging that not only small businesses, but micro-business owners, these people that we're talking about, not only the kids, but the adults, that are going to need funding in order to maybe get these businesses started or brush up on some skills so they can be more valuable uh, inside of the market share. And this is already happening, Mr. Summers. This is already happening. Um, I'm glad you brought up the gig economy. You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, Nicola, about um, 
multiple income streams. And what does that look like going forward? I, you know, things, a lot of places have literally closed down, and we're talking about small businesses during the pandemic, restaurants and uh, small retail uh, outlets, boutiques and things that have uh, really just not been able to survive the pandemic. That's put a lot of people out of work. Um, mm-hmm. What what are the things that those people should be turning to? And, and, I, and I also want to talk about the parents of these kids that are moving home and what this does to them. But, but let's, let's talk about what, uh, um, what, the, what is going forward for these kids. Well, the first thing is, is that we do need to look at, especially the online space. You talked about retailers. The money is still being spent. It just shifted from many people wanting to walk into businesses to wanting to shop online. And to set up a site like a Shopify uh, retail site is something that, again, the millennials, you know, taking the photos and helping to get these storefronts set up online, uh, there are so many templates, and these things are a lot more simpler than we ever thought about. Literally, uh, Black Friday, uh, over $9 billion was spent on Black Friday, and over $10.8 billion, according to Forbes, was spent on Cyber Monday. And so all that means is that people are looking more to the online space, but there's still time. You're talking about these sites that can be set up in sometimes 24 to 48 hours, whether you're going to the Shopify or whether you're going to GoDaddy, and they have these templates where you can set up websites in a matter of moments. And so there are options for our, um, you know, entrepreneurs who typically are used to people walking into the stores, and hopefully they have lists. It's extremely important that entrepreneurs get lists from their prospects or even from the people who shop in their stores. And so this can happen through drawings if you still have some people coming in, or maybe you have some email lists and you can let them know, we've gone online. And so this is extremely powerful because they're expecting over $200 billion to have been spent in the economy, no matter what we're going through, in between November and the end of December. And so I know we seem like we only have a few weeks left, but we're talking about solutions that can happen in a matter of days. Um, Nicola, I, uh, I need to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes? Because this is important Absolutely. stuff. Great. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. I want to talk about this some more. Uh, my guest is uh, uh, TV analyst and financial advisor Nicola Smith-Jackson. We're talking about uh, the trend of younger people moving back into their uh, homes with their parents and, and what that's going to look like for the economy going forward. We're going to talk about that some more after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab. 
or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bell ring. Snowing and blowing up bushes of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells chime and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty, frosty air. What a bright time, it's the right time to ride the night away. Jingle bells, jingle bells. To go gliding in a one horse sleigh. Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From Alicia, Elena, Gabriella, Erica. 
and the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back to my uh, conversation this morning with the uh, TV analyst and financial advisor, Nicola Smith-Jackson. Nicola, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm here. Um, now, there was... Uh, is it true that most 20-somethings, um, that the, the majority of young adults between 18 and 34 are now living at home with their parents? Well, many of them, especially the ones who haven't, turned their skills or even turned to the gig economy or home-based businesses. You know, there are several out there that they are uh, thriving in and there are opportunities available. So, yes, about 52% of them are returning home. Yeah, this is uh, based on uh, Pew Research um, that said about 26.6 million young adults are, are living at home with their parents. Um, how, how how are their parents feeling about this? What what <laughs> what should parents do when uh, kids don't leave or come back? Well, I can tell you myself, being a mom of a few millennials, I can share with you what I've done and also what I have uh, shared with other parents of millennials, and it's worked. The first thing is we've got to talk about money. Uh, we know that the financial illiteracy gap is huge. We only got about 33% of adults who really know how to make, manage, and invest money properly. But we don't have to take it in big steps, just baby steps. And the idea first, the budget. What does life cost you? It's extremely important to know that. Uh, as well as outside of that budget, we want to look at your credit. Uh, this is extremely important. We don't want to abuse credit. It could be a very valuable tool if used properly because many of the, those millennials, they can't even qualify. Even if they had a job, they can't qualify for an apartment or to purchase a home. And so we do need to look at the budgeting and we do need to look at working on credit and talking about using that responsibly so that they can qualify for apartments or even have friends or roommating situations. Recently, I put my two sons, a 22 and a 25-year-old, one was 25, and he was kind of working it out, you know, a little bit tight, but then now his brother and himself, they've come together, put those incomes together, and I did exactly that. Let's look at the budget. Let's look at what life costs you. And then now when you need to make extra streams of income, you have online-based businesses, and you have network marketing. This is something that most people call taboo, but it is a multi-billion dollar industry where a lot of millennials that I know personally are doing extremely well. And, and how are these uh, millennials? Well, first of all, I want to compliment you on your solution and how you managed to keep your two sons from moving back in with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have wives and girlfriends. We're like, no, that's not this type of party here. Let's get a solution. How can you guys afford to stick together and make it happen? <laughs> but 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 let's talk about some of that online uh activity and, and internet based business because a lot of people have some great ideas, but they don't really know once they get online how to monetize it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. However, there is training for anything that you'd like. 
to learn. And people will be surprised on what they can do from YouTube. And I share with people, I actually did a um, a guide and workbook along with a video training called First Million from Scratch. And no, by no means is anyone going to make a million dollars over, uh, you know, overnight. But what I did was let them know about businesses that have turned into seven-figure businesses. So obviously first, you got to make your first three, four, five figures in that business first. But there are, there are industries that are thriving, and we want to uncover those versus keep bringing to the forefront what's not working anymore. It's just a transition. And so online-based businesses can start as simple as starting with companies that have businesses in the box, and they have the sales and marketing systems already in place, and you can start there and get to learn um, more about mindset around being an entrepreneur, get to learn the skill set of marketing online with a product and service that's already been created. What about the... um the idea that uh, we hear the the uh, president talking about how great the economy was before the pandemic and and we hear people from Wall Street echoing that and yet I, I every time I heard those kinds of uh, boasts I kept thinking not in my neighborhood um, how are things different between Wall Street and Main Street, and is there still a Main Street post-pandemic, or is it going to be mainstream? What I would like everyone to really be clear on is that everyone's view is going to be from their eyes only, right? And so when you look at the message, you always have to hear the messenger, because personal economy issues were always around, even when mainstream was making big money. And so what we're talking about here is fixing this problem where we can redistribute and allow anyone who wants to be successful to, they don't have to keep looking for jobs if jobs are not available, maybe in where they, what they went to school for, other skills or hobbies that they already had. We want to transfer some of this from an education standpoint first, which will include changing the mindset that there is still money available, but instead of us maybe only looking for jobs, we have to create micro businesses. And this can be along with maybe a job that you have temporarily because multiple streams are needed to fund multiple areas of our lives. So one stream of income would have always run into a problem for most people eventually. When we hear talk about the 1% versus the 99%, the image is always portrayed that the 1% has gathered up all the money. Um, I often wonder, and, and maybe you can help me understand this better, um, are there two economies, are there two pots of money? There is, and even in our tax structures, and you can look more about that. We have the W-2 or the employee tax structure, and we also have the business tax structure. And this is why I know that this will connect the dots between the have and the have not. And, you know, when you begin to look inside of the top 1% or whatever, we can start at a 5% on up, most of them are business owners, and then they take the money, and then they now diversify the money to invest. 
And this can start at any level. At any level, this can start. Are, in this day of uh, Zoom meetings and, and people doing a lot of their their business and their communications online, does it matter where you are anymore? It does not. And that's the beautiful thing about it. What we want to look at is the positive and the upside and the opportunities. Anytime there's change, anytime there's downturns, there are actually opportunities because what happens is, is when the cycle comes down, this is where they can pick up the people who are open, and that's the key operative word, open to change. We must always continue to change. And typically, um, you know, we get upset in our economy that will trigger the change. If not, everyone will continue on the way we always were. And when we look at where we are now versus where we were, even from technology, from the beepers to the cell phones to what we do with cell phones, it always was erupted through a problem that presented themselves, and then the solution created something that brought change. And so we must be open that the economy is not moving only to people to get jobs. We can create our jobs through micro-entrepreneurship, but we just have to turn more attention to that, not only from our home and community and, and state level, but from a federal level, because they're not acknowledging the micro-businesses as much when they can walk in the bank and get a loan where they will acknowledge it as a real business. So we have to teach people how to become micro-business owners. Where's the best place for somebody to start? I mean, they hear us talking about all this opportunity, but there's always that, okay, now what? What what do I do? I would say start with the budget and knowing what type of income you need to earn for your household, number one. Look at what are the options, the low-hanging fruit, which may be low investment, but opportunity of upside along with training. And this is where I recommend inside of the gig economy. And one of my favorites has been network marketing. I have done extremely well in that industry. And then, but then I always have these other um, skill sets and licensings and things like that around finance. However, you got to think about, be realistic as to starting where you are. Have you ever had people grab a job at a restaurant or maybe grab a delivery job? That's not really what they typically wanted to do, but maybe in the process they got to learn how the restaurant business worked. You hear those kind of stories all the time. So even if you start an online gig or you start a network marketing gig, it may not be what you might think is the best job or the best business. However, you can pick up some really strong skills around entrepreneurship and leadership as well as marketing that can help you now not only put food on the table for your families, but maybe streamline into a much bigger business. Sometimes you start one thing just to fund your dream. So we have to go back to that. How much is your life going to cost you? making sure that you get yourself positioned where you're credit worthy because if you got to go out and get a loan, a micro loan, you'd be surprised. A thousand dollar loan can get you started in many gig economy opportunities. And that could now spring forth into something really great. So do your homework. Google 
online opportunities, low investment. And this can help you now budget, identify what do you need versus what do you have, and look at how these can turn into businesses. And obviously, NicolaSmithJackson.com, you can go there and learn a little bit more. Uh, we talk about these things all the time as well as on my podcast. Nicola, um, I'm glad you said that about low investment opportunities because I think a lot of people, um, especially if they're not sure what they want to do, if they're if they're very young or they find themselves maybe a little later in life having to start over, um, they hear the term investment and they the first thing you think of is well, I don't have any money. How can I invest in anything? And so it's, it's important, I think, to underscore the fact that there are, that there is low-hanging fruit, as you called it. Absolutely, there is low-hanging fruit. And see, this is a key operative opportunity to talk about financial literacy, because anytime you hear the word investment, you're going to also be looking for what is called a return on the investment. And that does not mean an exaggerate or a large amount. That just means that you're putting money where you're expecting it to come back at its current level or more. That's what an investment is. Is there a, um, a, a, a formula for what, what works, what, what could be expected for... Um, a reasonable return on a low-end uh, investment? Anytime I tell someone, anytime you put in an investment and you're able to get the return of the initial investment plus 10%, you're on an upside. Many a times, these, what we discussed today, could return... 50%, even 100% investment, meaning you invest $1,000 and you get back $1,500 or $2,000. That's an upside. But what you have to know that anytime you're talking about investment, you have to factor time. And so that's what most people don't want to put in with the money is time. And so if you know realistically there's a, a learning curve, Give yourself adequate time. Look at yourself in 90-day increments. Those are considered quarters of the year. 90-day increments and say, hey, if I can put in some work and in 90 days I can return 10% or more of, an of my investment, I am on the upside. If you put in the time and great effort and you position yourself in places where there's already some training, already some people or some success stories, then you could look at 90 days changing your life. Because the moment you get to see an upside in the investment, that gives you proof that more is to come. But time and effort along with the money in the foundational state is very imperative. Can you cite some examples of low-cost investments that, that might return uh, big dollars? Because, you know, we I'm afraid that some people will get the uh, impression or, or will come away thinking, um, 
with with too high a expectation but Correct. yet as you were talking about investing say a thousand dollars what popped into my mind is somebody who's always worked for somebody else but then you know they find themselves needing to do something and they're very handy they're they're good with repairs and that kind of thing they spend a thousand dollars on tools and then they start going out and doing handyman work. They could be making fifty, sixty thousand a year off mm -hmm. of that thousand dollar investment. Mm -hmm. What What mm -hmm. are some other Absolutely. examples like that? Well, in that example, what you shared is we definitely have to put in the marketing side. So you might be able to get qualified on some list like Angie's list if you were in yeah. the home improvement place. So this is a place where you're visible. You could also inside of that, like I said, go to GoDaddy.com, get a domain name and a website for, you know, under $100 and now have a place that when people are coming to look for you, they can contact you just from a one page website. But then that works the same way. Even if you knit sweaters, you could literally Start that, get that website, and put yourself inside the Facebook marketplace. You can put yourself on Pinterest. This is just simply posting photos in a way for people to get in touch with you. And you can take maybe very small Facebook ads classes, Facebook offers classes where you can learn from a low or very beginner or intermediate level on how to just go back in Facebook Manager and be able to post ads. And just get yourself out there in front of your target audience. All these and more are super available. And again, I said it three, four times. I'm not telling anyone go to network marketing. But many companies, you find a product or service you might be passionate about. And then now you can search out, are there any companies that you can do affiliate marketing where you don't have to do anything but share information and then they pay you based off of links that you offer? or social marketing or network marketing. These things are very much available where you'd be surprised of you may just focus on learning how to grow an audience from an email list or grow an audience from your social media profiles or even your existing profiles and begin to share information of value. And I always train my entrepreneurs to go in there and do videos. Hop on a video, get people to know, like, and trust you and then have a call to action where you're able to share with them. Hey, if you're interested in more information about this, click this link and it leads to that same one page website. How important is a business plan or does that just kind of grow automatically out of doing a budget? Well, I can tell you the business planning nowadays for the micro entrepreneur is extremely simple that starts with the budget. And there are elements to the basic business plan, but you want to first start off with a vision on where do you want to see yourself? Identify what is the marketplace requesting of entrepreneurs right now and start there. Once you can identify, well, how much does it cost me to get started? Then you're looking at how am I going to get out there in front of my audience? But you got to make sure that on the back end, you have the deliverables. And this is why I say turnkey businesses are great because then now the deliverables and the way that it's set up and the, you know, the way it looks, all of that is already done for you. These are great starts for you to start understanding how to go from an employee mindset 
to an entrepreneur mindset, even while you might be still being an employee. Well, this is um, this is really important stuff for people to learn. Um, you mentioned your website, and I, I thought maybe you might want to share that again as we get close to the end of our time here. Absolutely. And whenever you're ready for me to share it, you know, it's my name, NicolaSmithJackson.com is where you can find me on my website and anywhere else. You can I keep it consistent, and that's one key. Keep it consistent and easy for people to find you and um, around, you know, that helps you with omnipresence. Now, will people visiting that website find links to other resources or at least um, articles and blogs and things that will kind of help roadmap uh, some of the steps that they need to take? Absolutely. And one of them is the power moves that you need to make in a downturn in the economy. And that would be a great first start. And these are some free resources that you can use and get an idea and begin to sit down and plan on um, what's going to happen with your life. And you can do this as a family. That's the beautiful thing about it. You can do this as a family, but that doesn't mean that we have to live together. We want to still show how we can be independent and interdependent at the same time. Is it easier than people think to qualify for uh, microloans? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And taking a look at your credit profile is something you want to start with. And um, sometimes it may start in as a personal loan uh, because if you don't have the full business plan all laid out, you might get denied the application. But if you go out and get a personal loan, you can use it uh, to, you know, start your personal life off, which includes uh, how to start generating income. You see, we got to start talking more about that money should be moved and multiplied, not just consumed. And so if you have income and it's only going out, never to return back to you, it's going to be a simple, um, you know, idea that it's going to deplete it sometimes. And so we've got to start learning about you work for money, but then now you've got to put money out there to work for you. And that's whether you're starting a business and then eventually later on making very smart investments at your level. Well, certainly words to live by and make a living by from uh, Nicola uh, Smith-Jackson. Nicola, thank you so much for spending this time and sharing your expertise with me and uh, the listeners today. Honored to serve. NicolaSmithJackson.com. You can find me. I look forward to you connecting. All right. Well, take care and uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and your family, too. Take care. That was uh, Nicola Smith-Jackson, a best-selling author, financial advisor, and TV analyst, talking about uh, how uh, many young people between 18 and 34 are moving back in with their parents and uh, talking about some things they need to do money-wise to grow out of this uh, pandemic. We're going to take a short break, but we got lots more coming up today on the Tom Sumner program. In fact, it's Friday, so we have a musical guest during the third half of our three-hour tour, so Hi, stay tuned for Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. We wish you 
a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner This is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Bridge later. 
from Haley, Alex, Alexis, help! And the Tom Sumner Program. This presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I was uh, I was watching television, and it was a John Wayne War movie. I guess they're all John Wayne War movies. But, do you ever think how close we came to losing the war if he hadn't been with us? <laughs> but uh, I, I don't want to tell you the plot of the thing because I hate people to do that. But uh, we win it, you see. Now my problem is that. Uh, I want to start talking about airplanes right now, and there is no logical way to get out of what I was talking about and talking about airplanes. <laughs> and you should always tie things in together. So I will try this. In the war movies, they always had that one shot of the dogfight with the airplanes. Speaking of airplanes. <laughs> I recently flew out from uh, Chicago. And I, uh, I don't enjoy flying at all. Uh, I'm one of those ones, first of all, who gets on stoned, you know, <laughs> right away. <laughs> Secondly, I usually sit in the lounge and I whimper all through the flight. <laughs> and I, I look out the window and I turn to the guy who's sitting next to me and I'll say, this flying is really amazing. I said, the people, they look like ants down there. And he'll say, those are ants, you idiot. We haven't taken off yet, you know. <laughs> but anyway, there's a, there's a logical explanation for why I don't fly. I took a non-scheduled airline one time. I was in the Army, and I wanted to go to Hawaii on a three-day pass. <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of money, and they were running ads at the time. Uh, and one ad read, take a chance. on the Mrs. Grace L. Ferguson airline and Storm Door Company, see? So, <laughs> it gave an address and I went out to this address and it was this woman's home. And she had a little counter set up in her living room and uh, we had to go up to the John to weigh our baggage, I remember. <laughs> and Then we all got in her Volkswagen and she drove us out to the airport. <laughs> we got aboard this DC-1. <laughs> After we were out about two hours, a captain came out. He gave one of those addresses they all give. And I'll never forget it, and this is why I don't fly anymore. It came out like this. <laughs> You're the navigator, you ought to be able to figure out where the hell we are. <laughs> Uh, good evening. I'd, uh, I'd like to welcome you aboard the Mrs. Grace L. Ferguson Airline and Storm Door Company. Uh, I don't know how much you know about our airlines. We've, uh, we've only been in business uh, about a week. Uh, our airline was uh, founded on the philosophy that what the American public was really looking for was a low-cost overseas transportation. Uh, we have attempted to eliminate what we call in the airline business uh, frills and extras, like uh, maintenance and, uh, <laughs> and radar and 
a whole bunch of, uh, of, uh, of technical instruments up in the... Um, <laughs> Wait, have, have you ever had one that hangs on for about four or five days? I don't, I don't mind the headaches too much, but it's that damn double vision that just... Oh, uh, incidentally, I want to apologize for uh, your having to stand all the way. Uh, if I can give you a little tip there, every uh, oh, half hour or so, you want to alternate your arms through those uh, straps above your head. Uh, you, f you folks flying tourists, you don't have any straps. <laughs> so uh, don't, uh, don't bother looking for them. Well, uh, we're going to have a little drill in a few moments uh, by our, our two stewardesses, Trixie and Bubbles. Well, I'm sorry, Miss Watson and Miss Savage. And uh, they'll show you how to put your life jackets on. Uh, there really isn't that much to it, but a lot of people uh, get them on backwards. And, uh, well, that way you're going to wind up with your face in the water. <laughs> Uh, if we should have to ditch, you'll, you'll receive plenty of warning uh, because our co-pilot becomes hysterical. <laughs> and he'll, he'll start uh, running up and down the aisles uh, yelling, uh, you know, we're going to crash or, or something like that. Uh, actually, he gets, he gets kind of panicky, and it, it isn't always too easy to understand him. Uh, at least it hasn't been in the past, anyway. <laughs> so, if, if you see him running up and down the aisles, uh, and you can't make out what he's saying, uh, you, might, you might slip into your life jackets to <laughs> be on the safe side. Uh, I'd like to answer some questions that you may have uh, about the airline. It's uh, the woman right here. Ma'am, ma if I may, I'll repeat the question so everyone uh, can hear it. it. If we should ditch, how long would the plane remain afloat? Is, is that the, was that your question, ma'am? Uh, <laughs> golly, that's, that's awful hard to say, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, some of them go down like a rock, you know. <laughs> and then, I don't know, for some reason or other, others will stay up for, oh, two, three minutes. It's, uh... <laughs> Sir, if I may, I'll get your question next. I want to get the gentleman's way in the back there. Sir, could you kind of speak up a little bit? I can't hear you over the roar of our engines. Maybe, you know, if you just... Oh, wait, they stopped now, sir. <laughs> Harry, the engines went out again. It's uh, the third button on the left, I think, here. Hold, hold it, Harry. The cabin lights are going out. Uh... Third, uh, try the third button on the right. That's got him. That's got him. 
You want, you want to try that question again, sir? <laughs> sir, I'm sorry, I still can't make out what you're saying. Oh, well, sure, all right, all right, you can try it that way, it may work. First word. <laughs> so sounds like running. Sounds like racing, track and field, ran. Oh, it sounds like ran. Uh, man, a lot of man, a whole bunch of men. Men? Oh, men! Men, it's right behind you there, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I took your question ahead of this gentleman's over here. Uh, I really have to get back in the cabin now. We, uh, we have it on automatic pilot, but uh, well, the damn thing keeps kicking in and out all the time, and uh, <laughs> we never really know if it's on or not. Oh, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons I came out here, I nearly forgot. Uh, have, have any of you ever, ever been to Hawaii before? This a gentleman, gentleman right here? It's, uh, it's kind of liver-shaped, isn't it, sir? Sir, as, as we're coming in, uh, would you mind very much uh, stopping by the cabin and kind of <laughs> pointing it out to us? We sure appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you have a very pleasant trip. Thank you. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. and a happy new year we wish you a merry christmas we wish you a merry christmas we wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year we wish you a merry christmas from the tom TomSumnerProgram.com You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! It's time for the 